Hi, uh, is this Little Dicky? The Rock. I'm ready to rock and roll. All right, cool. Both of them. So uh, I guess I'll just get started with some questions. Sure. A Little Dicky, a.k.a. the Price Line Negotiator, the Buff Chicken Pizza of Rap. Yes. How did rapping even come about? Did you want to pers- didn't you want to pursue a career in comedy? That's correct, yes. So I was interested in ways in, and uh, I knew I could rap, and I knew rapping in terms of a way in comedically had the fewest barriers to entry in terms of, like, I didn't need other people to, like, know, like you know, hand a screenplay to. I could really go out and just create my own stuff. Yeah. Um, and it was also a skill set I had that, like, made me stand out, so... Yeah, I don't know that I necessarily wanted to become, like, an actual rapper. Mm. But that, that... Here, hang on. Let me just... Yeah. Hang on a sec. All right, cool. Hello? Is that way better? Well, yeah, a lot better, a lot better. Okay, cool. Um, can you can you describe your first time performing in your hometown of Philly? What did you do per, to prepare for the show prior? Did you run and touch the Rocky statue? Did you get drunk and smoke weed to chill out? Did you eat cheesesteak and jerk off? Like, what did you do to calm down? <laughs> um, dude, it was completely, like, impossible to calm my nerves. Like, I, I uh, well, in, in general, I, like, I rehearsed, like, a lot before that show. Like, I probably, like, rehearsed, like, a solid three times a week for a good, like, five to six weeks. Yeah. And uh, I, like, ran, like, miles and stuff. Um, but then, like, as far as, like, the actual, right, like, you know, that day, I couldn't really, it was really impossible to quell my nerves. Like, it was, like, uh, I just kind of, like, walked around, ate, and, uh, didn't really do much, but just, like, it was, it was hard. I didn't enjoy that day. Yeah. But, uh, but it, um, it worked out. Like, after the concert, like, I, like, I haven't been nervous for a concert since that day. Yeah, so the performance anxiety was definitely there. Did you uh, throw up the spaghetti, like, in the eight-mile scene? No, I didn't throw up the spaghetti, but I certainly, like, was thinking, like, wow, this is your, like, eight-mile moment. Like, you better get out there. <laughs> um, Now on your website, it says you slept with four women. Is that still the case after going on, like, a mini tour? Or are you getting any more popularity now and you uh, you got your numbers up? Uh, it's It's still the case. I haven't – I still haven't – had sex with anybody since uh rap like it's pretty crazy no groupies but, uh, i mean they're like are like first off they're barely groupies like with me like it's like a barely there situation because like most of my fans are guys and like then like you take the pool of girls that are groupies and like 75 percent like aren't that attractive so then of the 25 percent of the girls that like are there like i feel kind of weird about it just like the idea of, like, a girl, like, just openly wanting to have sex with me because she's a fan of, of my rap, like, kind of, like, I don't, like, I'm the kind of guy who, like, needs to have a conversation with a girl before, like, I have sex with them or even kiss them. You know yeah, what I mean? Yeah. Uh, so, like, I, I'm not, I'm just, like, not, like, it's not there in the way that, like, I'm, like, so impressed by how good-looking the girls are and how, like, interesting they are to where, like, I'm okay with, like, realizing that this is all happening because they're a fan of my music. Yeah, I, I felt your line too when you said that your dick is a pussy, and also you're you're not as reckless as rappers getting hit on stage. Like that is kind of scary, and like I feel the same way. Like I want to do it, but like I would like love to get head from random girls, but at the same time I feel bad to think I had AIDS. Yeah, I just I'm just like yeah, like I feel like kind of weird about it, like and I'm just not like and because I haven't really hooked up with that many girls in my life, it's like that much weirder. Yeah, 
Exactly. Um, how was the Southwest by Southwest experience? Do you think it's lame to see guys like Jay Z and Kanye perform there? No, it's not lame at all. It's fucking awesome. I wish, like, I think it adds like a lot of legitimacy to everything. I, I think it was cool mostly because besides that whole like weekend, all of my shows have been like just me and my diehard fans, and like you know, which is great, but. I think there's like a really interesting challenge in having to like win people over, especially with my music, like because it's so out there. So I really enjoyed like you know having to rap in front of a room of like people who genuinely had no idea who I was, and like because it's very jarring when like this white kid comes on stage and just yeah. starts rapping. And I rap about the stuff I rap about. It was just very interesting to see like people's like confusion turn into like subtle head nods. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah, like winning over the crowd, yeah, and getting new fans. Yeah, right. Kanye and Jay-Z, they probably, they drew a lot of attention in fans, but at the same time, I felt like they're taken away from younger artists. Maybe, but like, I don't, you know, I I feel like guys like that deserve to do whatever they want, and like, there are more people happy about their presence there than, than unhappy, in terms of yeah. like, the, po- the population of people there. Um, your We Made It Freestyle, I honestly could say I like yours the best because it's relatable. Because, you know, it's completely you. relatable. I mean, I'm not rich and not successful, so Drake's out of the question. And then Jay-Z and Jay Electronica, I'm not in the Illuminati, so that one's out of the yeah. question. Sure. Yeah, they kind of, like, left you with little choice, huh? Yeah, no, but seriously, I think your version is the best with the wordplay and the humor and everything attached to it. And it's just, I think that people can relate to you so easily. Like, I guess some yeah. But I think it's just like I kind of I kind of live in uh, the same world everyone else lives in, whereas a lot of these rappers kind of live in their own world. That yeah. only other rappers live in. Yeah, like Russell Westbrook on a farm. That was your way of telling people Listen, you're more than just a comedy rapper. Like Lonely Island, you're more serious. Yeah. Than that. One of my favorite songs, by the way, motivational. Yeah, it's my favorite song as well. And I know some uh, that, that I've made. Yeah, some some fans uh, may listen to your music to get some laughs. But at the same time, you they can relate to what you're saying. Like I was saying, like not getting laid, getting rejected by girls at the bar, hate going out, getting sweaty, feeling awkward, and staying in. All great anthems. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I think there's you know, there's obviously like people are gonna like take a back and like ask why I'm making jokes when it's like in the context of music in terms of yeah. evaluating it. But I think if you can get past that, like oh he's making jokes, like you can appreciate that there's like real legitimate music going on. That's like relatable and like it kind of impacts people and um when you started out when you're when you were actually working full-time pursuing rapping like what how did that all come about like what was your job and how did you work the schedule and everything like that was it difficult uh yeah it was difficult i worked at luckily i worked at an advertising agency yeah Um, so my job was like writing commercials Mm -hmm. um it was difficult in the sense that, yeah, like, oftentimes, like, I had to, like, do other stuff during the day and, uh, you know, figure it out at night. But, like, I had week, I, the job didn't really require me to work weekends. So I was able, like, every weekend I was able to devote completely to music. Um, and then even beyond that, it, it was, uh, like, a very liberal place. So, like, if I brought my, like, rap stuff into the office and, like, work, like, if I had nothing to do at work one day and I, like, was, like, working on my rap stuff, nobody would care. Mm. That's pretty cool. Uh, but it, 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 it was it was different. Like, I mean, you know, it wasn't as difficult as me having to work at like uh, a, 
a gym where like you know there's no way I can multitask and work on rap, but like it wasn't that difficult because like I was able to like really like you know every time I got like an hour of downtime at work, I could like work on something. Um, yeah. But it it wasn't like easy. Like I certainly had to juggle like more than like you know I, I had no free time. Like and I had a girlfriend too. So it's like when you combine a girlfriend, work, and then rap, like there was not like I just there wasn't any like sports center happening. You know what yeah. I mean? Yeah. Me and you are <laughs> the same struggle. Uh, white heterosexual middle class males with college degrees, but not about the cubicle life. Right. I mean, I think I think that's like kind of the struggle of our generation. Yeah, definitely. I think uh, I'm actually working on a song right now that, like, as great as, like, the upbringing was but in terms of, like, giving us opportunity, it also like, really, like, squanders a lot of opportunities in terms of out-of-the-box thinking because, like, you really just don't have much time to do anything but, like, prepare yourself for, like, you know, getting a job. Like, even when you're, like, a junior in high school, you're, like, overly concerned about your resume for when you're 22. Yeah, and it's hard out here. Times are tough, too. Yeah. Yeah, I also, for sure. I was a camp counselor as well. I thought that was funny, but I never. Said you were a camp counselor. Did you were a camp counselor? I was. Didn't one twelve perform at your camp? Yeah. Where Where were you a counselor? Oh, in New Jersey. I was just a camp counselor out in Jersey. That's where I'm from. Oh, gotcha. Not you a Jewish. Know, I'm, I'm, a, I'm like a huge, uh, huge camper. Yeah. But um, didn't you? Did you really use your bat mitzvah money? I don't know if I'm saying it right. I've been to a couple. Bar uh, bar bar mitzvah. Bar mitzvah. Bar mitzvah female, right? Yep. Yeah. No, I did. I uh, I had like ten grand saved, and that's kind of how much like my first. I mean, my first thing cost like ten to fifteen grand. Like you know, everything up to this point. And I thought it was cool how the Kickstart project happened. If you could explain that, that. I think that's really cool and dope. You went over a hundred thousand dollars with the dickheads that came through in the clutch, right? Yeah, they were super clutch. Uh, yeah, no, I, I, you know, I ran out of money, and but uh, it was always my plan. My plan was, you know, if you get successful enough in building a fan base, it's very easy to like raise money via Kickstarter if people actually care about you. And yeah. it was like, you know, I hadn't, I hadn't charged any money yet, so and everybody was like, stop giving stuff away for free. Like, I need to pay you. Like, this is great. And it kind of was just like the perfect storm of like everybody felt like they owed me something at the time where I really needed something. So yeah. like it worked out very favorably. You would rather have that than like have someone invest in your brand or go to a major label because it kills creativity. Sure. Yeah. I mean, I have I have no. There's like no creative constraints. Like yeah. you know, people invested in my Kickstarter, but they don't tell me at all what to do. They pretty much have to do whatever I want them to do. Um, <laughs> And uh, yeah, with, with a with a label or anyone, and just the idea the idea of someone having a percentage of my future didn't appeal to me because I think my future really is like extremely bright, and like something as low as five percent could translate into like millions of dollars that I'm not sure someone deserves for anything they can give me right now. Um, and then so I just knew that all things considered, the best and it's also like very much like a part of the story I wanted to like you know. When people uh, like tell, like when people like analyze my whole thing, it's very much like man of the people. So like the fact that uh, that like the people literally are the people funding it, like it just makes the fans get feel that much more involved. Like fans are gonna feel like they've they've like created this album. Yeah. So if you get if you get like Drake's success, are you gonna throw money at the fans? Or what are you gonna do at the concert? You gonna throw hundreds like Diddy? If I if I get like tons of money, no, I'm not. I'm pretty juiced about like my money. Um, yeah. 
but I probably will like you know I, I'll, I'll, the 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 concept of doing stuff for the fans I don't think will like I think I'll always be like just doing random stuff for the fans like I see myself as the kind of guy who if I'm huge goes to a park one day and like does like a very impromptu show for people you know what I mean yeah and did you know your videos were going to go viral like that what some only cost two thousand dollars and you had one Twenty-four hours. Yeah, yeah. No, I certainly didn't know. I could only hope. I knew that they were. I knew that they were. If you see what the world is viral on the internet, I knew they were certainly good enough to go viral. Um, but I didn't know. You never know. And then the fact that it went viral the first day, it was it's very. Uh, it's actually kind of. Uh, do you know what Reddit is? Yeah. So it made it the front page on Reddit like a year ago when I put stuff out for the first day and yesterday actually ironically it made the front page of Reddit again for the second time which generates like that hundreds of thousands of views. Um, um, I was like how the how the fuck did he even do this? I thought at first you bought like fake views like Mac Miller and Wick Reef before they No. No, you, I don't even know how to buy fake views. No, it's just like honestly like the clean like the stuff is so original and it, it came at, at like a good time I feel like people really needed it and it's like uh I don't know. I feel like if your stuff is good enough nowadays, like on that level, like I don't think there's any stuff on the internet that's as good as my stuff that isn't getting noticed. Yeah. And uh, it was interesting how you put it. You wanted to be more than the funny friend in the crew. You wanted to do something with that had creativity and humor and applied to everything, like something you were passionate about. Yeah, yeah. Like I wasn't like yeah. I don't know that like guys like Seth Rogen and Jonah Hill started off as anything more than just the funniest friend of everybody, you know. And I think they just think. When you are that guy, you can see it, you can feel it, you can see how often you're making people laugh, and like people kind of characterize you as funny, and you just, I don't know, like I obviously, that, you know, what, that's my strongest skill, and I want to apply that, and it's so much more fun to make, and I just, making people laugh is my favorite thing to do in life. Um, I take such pride, so I knew, I knew that I wanted to do something like that if I had the opportunity. Uh, what are your keys to success, and how and why do you stay so positive, like with the confidence and everything like that, saying you're going to make it? Right. Uh, yeah, I mean, I think the confidence is a huge part of it, and it's, like, it's pretty genuine confidence. I think I've had a lot of preposterous, like, ideas about myself that have all been proven, like, extremely correct thus far. Or, like, I haven't been wrong yet, in my opinion. And not even just my opinion, but it's, like, just fact. <laughs> I haven't been wrong yet. What? I was going to say, you self-depreciation humor a lot. and uh, Self-depreciation, yeah, yeah, self yeah same time you're so confident, I think it goes hand in hand like any comic or comedian when they make fun of themselves, they actually have more confidence. Yeah, no, like I'm extremely self-confident about certain things in my life and extremely insecure about certain things. But the key to my success, honestly, is self-awareness. Yeah, I very much like know who I am. I very much know uh, like who everybody else is. Like just social awareness is like what I attribute a lot to. And uh, yeah, like I'm, I'm able to kind of really navigate a lot of things because I'm just like pretty like conscious of what people are thinking and what I want people to be thinking. Yeah. So when you're having those I know you're thinking positive and always doing well, but when you're having those bad days, what um what activity or thing do you do when you're stressed out? Go for a run out besides math. No, like I pretty much just like fucking fight through it because I have a lot of bad days. Like yeah. there are a lot of days that just like where you're just like you never doubt like the long term thing, but like on that day you're like, wow, like I suck. Like this sucks. Um but you kinda like you just have to, like, I'm very, like, reasonable and rational about the whole thing in the sense that, like, not every day is going to be a fucking slam dunk. You just have to really stay the course. And if you just keep putting yourself in a position to succeed with enough time, 
going to work. Like, that's one of the reasons that I like Kickstarter in the sense that I, I'm not pressured. Like, there's no clock on, like, when anything has come out. I can be yeah. patient. Um, so as long as I just, like, really, like, allow myself to be patient, then the bad days don't matter because I'm not up against any sort of deadline. Yeah. I think it's good that you got the comedy background and, like, writing skills as well as the business background because you knew about the Kickstarter and you knew how to execute plans and calculate risks and everything like that. I got to do Yeah. Yeah, I think I think I'm like very like well well oiled to do what I'm doing right now. Like I'm really like in tune. But you like comedy and uh, comedians. Uh, but what about your what about the favorite rappers? How did you start out? Beastie Boys? Like any favorite artists that got you into it? Uh, well, I'm a huge Beastie Boys fan. Believe it or not, like I'm not not a fan. But like I'm just not like they're not my, like those those guys aren't at all who I would consider like to be like my favorite rappers. Yeah. Um, but no, I haven't really sought anybody out. Um, but like, if I could, I mean, we're working on like a few songs right now that like there are open verses on that like we're gonna, you know, try to like see who can get on it. But I don't think like my favorite rapper is Drake, and I think I'm pretty like far away from getting Drake on the track right now. I was gonna ask, would you ever see yourself off the boss Drake, something that's like top in the game? Would I ever see myself on a song with Drake? Yeah, Rick Ross, or you know, Diddy, someone yeah. like that. Oh yeah, I'll be, I mean, uh, not Diddy, but I want a song with Drake. I want a song with uh, Rick Ross. Yeah, Rick Ross is a fucking legend. I need Rick Ross. Yeah, and also, before you go, um, you were a Jewish artist. You're a Jewish artist and entertainer. Naturally, Jewish people tend to be self-conscious and have anxiety. What is your favorite drug of choice? Xanax, cannabis, Viagra, Lipitor, Propecia, or another? Wow, I'm like on so many of those. Not really, but I am on Propecia. Um, <laughs> really? Uh, yeah, yeah, I am. Yeah. I just started taking Propecia. Aren't you, aren't you scared of those side effects, though? The the the, the lack of a... Yeah, I can get it. The lack of a sex drive? Yeah, that's scary. Um, first off, my sex drive, like, I'm totally down for, like, decreasing. Like, I'm happy about that. Uh, but no, dude, like, I really think that I'm starting to, like, potentially maybe bald. Um, and I just really wanted to like nip it in the bud, like, cause my hair is everything. My hair is like my whole brand. I sell t-shirts that are just my hair. You know what I mean? Good hair. Um, Good hair. Yeah. So, uh, but no, I'd probably say cannabis. I don't really take Xanax. Yeah. Cause I was going to say, you said you run, you know, you exercise before the shows. Obviously the performance anxiety is huge. A lot of rappers are on stage popping Xanax and blowing trees, you know? Yeah. No, I know. I actually, my concerts are like very much like. Like a, a routine, like an act, like there's like a lot of planned stuff, and like I just need to be like very mentally sharp. How do you keep the energy on stage, though? I heard at first you had a tough time doing that. Like you get. I did. I've learned to pace myself. I'm actually like a pretty good athlete, believe it or not, and yeah. uh, it's helping me. Like I, I, uh, I'm, I can move up there, and like I, I feel like I'm actually a very high energy rapper compared compared to a lot of people I've seen. Yeah. It's and, not that uh, hard. Yeah. Everything you do is calculated. Explain what you mean. Like, what's next for Lil Dicky? What's what, Lil Dicky? What's next for Lil Dicky? Oh, uh, I just, I'm, yeah, I don't ever do things that, like, I feel like a lot of times it feels like people kind of just, like, make decisions on the spot and maybe put stuff out that's not really done yet. Like, like there's, I really, like, I, the way I treat everything is, like, my, for my it's for my legacy, believe it or not. Like, I actually... I'm that confident that I'm going to, like, to me, I don't really, like, make decisions on, like, how can I get, like, famous faster, because I'm pretty confident it's going to happen, so I really am just, like, very mindful of doing it my way, 
because I want to go down like a very certain way. Like I have this like very big vision of like all these things happening, and then like there's like a full circle story. Yeah, was um, this? Did you make like a did you make like a plan, like a rap plan? Like you said, everything you do is calculated, and like every step you take, it's kind of similar to like the Forty Eight Laws of Power or the Fiftieth Law. Like it's like you almost read books and studied everything, and like learned learned to know what you to do. Yeah, no, I didn't make a business plan. No, I. Uh, it's kind of just like, you know, I. I'm faced with decisions every day, and like the answers are always very easy for me. Like for whatever reason, like I just look like a very like I'm just always aware of what should or should not be happening at all times. That's yeah. what I mean by calculated. Yeah. So, um, what um, who was your who's your favorite comedian? Like I know you like rapping. My favorite comedians uh, are Louis C.K. and Kevin Hart and uh, Larry David. Yeah, nice. And then and then Lucy Tay, Kevin Hart, Larry David and, and the South Park guys are probably my biggest comedic comedic inspiration. Um, yeah, I'll I'll let you go. Before you go though, we'll give me some AKAs. Like what other nicknames do you have? Uh AKA Little Boy. AKA uh uh Young Man is one that I really like like these days. AKA uh fucking I don't know. AKA one that I that I want to say. Have you ever like been watching porn and you see like a guy like Mandingo Dick? Yeah, yeah, like, Mandingo. Mandingo. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, so, so I, I really want to do AKA Mandingo, and I don't mean that as a slave term. I mean it as like the big dick porn term. Like that whole thing. Who's your favorite porn stars? Uh, female. Who's my favorite porn star? Yeah. Uh, I don't know that I have like an actual favorite, but like I really like this girl Jenny Lee. Jenny Lee, okay. Yeah, I don't, I don't know. I don't have a favorite. Yeah. Uh, you know what? Actually, Tiffany Thompson. She doesn't have like enough stuff online, but Tiffany Thompson's like incredible. I gotta look her up. And what about the Duke girl though, who's eighteen? I don't know her. She's new. What's her name? Big in the news. I forgot her name, but news she's eighteen, doing porn, going to Duke. I'll look it up. I'll look, tell me your phone. Uh, I think. What keep it what radio? Basement. Keep it basement? Yeah. Like keep it like keep it in the house. Keep it yeah. basement radio? Okay. Yeah. All right, all right. Uh hey what's going on? It's your boy Lil Dicky. Shout out Mike Sweeney, Sweeney, and keep it basement radio. <laughs>